0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC.
1: Beacon, always
0: building. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is
2: Out of Bounds. I think I worry about it more than kids. We've got good kids. They're continuing to fight. They don't fight if you don't believe in something, if you don't believe in the coaches, don't believe in each other, or you don't believe that you're going to win, that's when you you stop fighting. I don't think we'll have that problem ever with this team. And, uh, we got to get, get ready for Alabama, but it shows a really good character of the kids. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go in a shell. We won't go in attack
4: mode, because that's
3: what's required.
0: On 103.7 The Buzz. with my boo-boo, tastes like too late for the analyst.
3: Girl, luck and buy a Westie girl with my bass stuff. I know that it's good, but you slid it on my taste, but I can't wait to Pull your blocks and break it down We playing Tetris AM to the B. M. B. M. to the AM funk Eat up your You just got to hate them funk If I quit your beam, I still rock Mercedes funk If I quit this season I still be the greatest funk My left stroke just went viral Right stroke One
5: hour down, two hours to go Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day You're in the great state of Arkansas John Neighbors, Joe Franklin Broadcasting live from the Me Market Studios with you today, and thank you as always for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It's been a great reaction Monday presented by Fleet Management Services. We've been reacting to everything happened over the sports weekend. There's so many things to talk about. Honestly, we've talked a good bit about Arkansas, but man, the amount of college football games that were great, great NFL games, got Major League Baseball playoffs going on. It's just the best time of year for all things sports, so let's talk all about it as we go to the phone lines and welcome in Chris Gordy of Sports Talk Seven Ninety down in Houston, as well as the Locked On SEC Podcast. And Chris, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon?
4: Well, I'm good, John. I'm actually coming to you from the uh, the press box here at Target Field for uh, Twins Astros ALDS game three tomorrow. So uh, yeah, nothing like going from eighty uh, something degrees in Houston to forty four degrees in Minneapolis.
5: I can only imagine it, and it's kind of crazy. Like, how do you balance that out? Where, of course, you know, here in Arkansas, we're all football mode, and I know you guys are as well in Houston. But you know the Astros and Major League Baseball in the playoffs. Like, how, does that have everyone's attention right now in Houston, or is it pretty balanced?
4: Oh, it's pretty balanced. It's funny. We were actually about to do our pregame show on Saturday from the ballpark, and we were carrying the Longhorn Sooners game on our station, and so. We actually had the uh, the speaker set up, and people were in the ballpark getting ready for Astros Twins, all huddled around our speaker, listening to the final call of uh, Texas versus Oklahoma. So, yeah, it's that weird time of year where everything intersects. We've got, you know, uh, preseason NBAs already starting this week. We've got college basketball, college basketball about to start. So, yeah, it's just that weird time of year where everything's going on at once.
1: How are you feeling about the matchup with the Astros and Twins? They're currently tied in a. Five game series tied at
4: one. Yeah, Astros kind of finding themselves in uncharted territory. They're, they're used to, uh, you know, winning the first two games of an ALDS in Houston, and you know, maybe lose a game or two on the road. But uh, more often than not, they they've swept this round and gone got on the bigger and better things and get on to the ALCS. And uh, these feisty Twins wanted to give them a little. Uh, something to battle here. And uh, Twins got the big win last night, so we're tied 1-1 coming up to uh, Minnesota. And uh, it's a feisty team. It's Carlos Correa, a guy who used to play for the Astros and won a lot of games for them in the postseason. And now he's bringing a little of that luck to Minnesota. So it's going to be a tough series. I mean, I I said the other day, it wouldn't surprise me if it went five. And uh, we'll see if the Astros can't get a win here in Minnesota, if not two. But uh, we could be coming back to Houston for game five on Friday. So, it would be uh, really interesting
5: to
4: see. Like I said, cold weather up here. We'll see how the Astros react. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty fascinating. Astros aren't, aren't used to it. they used to just beating
5: the front of everybody. Well, Gordy, let's talk a little bit about college football from the weekend, especially in the SEC, because there was a lot of great ranked matchups going in to this weekend. And uh, we'll start with the one that I think everybody had their eye on with A&M and Alabama, considering uh, how just two years ago A&M was able to get the win there in College Station trying to take advantage of it again. But 26-20, to 20, Alabama gets out of there with a victory. What did you think of the game, but also just the decision not to go for the throat if you were Jimbo and Bobby Petrino of trying to go for it on fourth down and maybe have a better chance to win the game? Because I felt like the game was over pretty much when that moment happened.
4: Yeah, I thought it was it was the epitome of where these two teams are right now. I mean, Alabama's defense, you know, outside of uh, the, the bullet on the radar against Texas, Every other game, their, their defense has just been downright dominant. I thought that second half, they, they were eating Texas AM's and ms offensive lines for lunch. I mean, they just had no answer. Max Johnson was constantly under pressure, and a uh, and just couldn't do anything. But I thought on the other side, Jimbo Fisher is still coaching like it's, like it's 2001 or something. Like, he is just so conservative with his play calling and, you know, uh, one yard to go on fourth down, let's punt it. I mean, college football has changed. And Jimbo has not changed with it. And, um, you know, I thought some of the offensive play calls were actually pretty good for Bobby Petrino, but Jimbo, um, very conservative on Saturday, and it cost him the game. I mean, they had, he'd been a little bit more aggressive in a couple spots. They maybe could have come away with that victory. But tip of the cat's down, man. Now they're back once again in the driver's seat in the NCC West, and, uh, you know, if they keep running this thing, they're going to find themselves in Atlanta. We'll see. LSU will still have something to say about it in a couple of weeks, but... Feel bad for Arkansas, that because uh, you know, I don't know if this kid is going to stop anytime soon. We'll get to Alabama this week.
1: Is that something that's been uh, questioned or, or asked about to Jimbo? Because we know that he has been conservative, but Bobby Petrino's, his approach isn't conservative, and he is the play caller. Now, the play calling can be led to go in a certain direction. So, has that yeah. been asked about?
4: Yeah, I'm not talking so much about like the, the 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 offensive play call. I thought was fine. It was the, the big decisions, right? Like I think they had a, a fourth and one just past midfield, and they opted punt uh, late in the game. You know, they're down uh, they're down a score, and, and you know they had a fourth and two. I think near the goal line, they could have went forward, but instead they settled for the field goal. Like it was just all these little things they kept they kept doing. They kept making it. Um, you know, it was like, come on, man, like have some balls. Let's go for it here and. Uh, unfortunately, like I said, you play conservative, you, you play not to lose, you're going to lose. And that's what Jimbo did at A&M on
1: Saturday. How are you liking uh, what the rest of the SEC looks like setting up? Like, we thought going into this weekend there was a chance that Georgia gets upset. They seem to always be on upset alert, and they made a statement. And then with A&M and Bama, then Bama comes away with a win. So it looks like the cream is, is certainly rising to the top, even though – They may not look the same in Bama and Georgia and being as dominant as they have been in the past. It seems like it's headed in that direction. And then LSU is going to have something to say about it. And these are the three teams we thought going into the season that they would be in the mix. And it's seeming to kind of turn out that way, even though it's looked like to this point in the season that other teams would have a say-so in it.
4: Yeah, I mean, Georgia started to look like exactly like the Georgia we were expecting to see, you know, the start of the season. Uh, you know, everybody was kind of, you know, crapping on them the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, everybody was, a lot of people were picking Kentucky to, to pull off the upset. Lo and behold, Georgia came out and said, no, this is the 2023 Georgia Bulldogs, the team that's going for a three-peat. The big thing to me is, you know, Brock Bowers is obviously uncoverable. He's, he's the best tight end in the country by far and away. But Carson Beck is starting to play a lot better, and uh, he's starting to get some confidence in that offense and that system, and he just took Kentucky's defense to the woodshed on, on Saturday. And there's a reason why I, I, I bet on, on Carson Beck as my dark horse Heisman. i got a, a bet out in Vegas. I'm going to fly out there, cash it in if he wins it. But watch what happens these next couple of weeks. If Carson Beck keeps putting up you know, ridiculous numbers, and Georgia keeps winning, and they're undefeated. Car- Carson Beck is going to find himself at the Heisman Ceremony in New York. I know people want to push for Brock Bowers, but the problem is the guy's throwing him the football. If Brock Bowers has three touchdowns, well, Carson Beck has at least three. And if he throws a couple more to other guys, he might have five or six in a game. So, uh, just going to be something to watch there. But, yeah, Georgia's not playing around. They, they look to be the real deal. and wouldn't surprise me if they, you know, continue to win the, the rest of their regular season game. Um, LSU is
1: yeah, go ahead. Go I ahead, was
4: just going to say, LSU is going to have a say in this thing with Alabama. Like they, uh, they LSU's offense cannot be stopped. Um, ever since that week one game where they kind of stumbled in the loss to Florida State, week in and week out, they're scoring at will on people. Now, the defense is not good. I mean, they've they got issues. But, you know, when they get, go to Tuscaloosa in a few weeks, all you got to do is have more points on the school board than Alabama does. And we've seen Alabama's offense. It, it's good, not great this year. If LSU and Jaden Daniels can go in there and score 30-plus points, I think they're going to have a good chance to pull off
1: the upset. And with the way that Missouri and Kentucky have played to this point in the season, they have a big game coming up this week, and uh, another game that looks really interesting, A&M taking on Tennessee. So it's starting to really heat up as far as the conference schedule and some of these games and the way that it's going to play out. Yeah, and that's
4: the, f- the fascinating part of the Kentucky-Missouri uh, game is Literally a week ago at this time we were talking about both those teams being undefeated, and a week from right now we'll be talking about one of those teams being on a two-game losing streak. So that's how quickly things can turn in your uh, in your season when you get into SEC play. I mean, it's week in and week out you get everybody's best shot. So that will be fascinating, and I'm fascinated to see how A and M will respond. I mean, okay, you lose the, the Miami game with no defense, fine. You lose the Alabama game with conservative, you know, uh, uh, play calling and things like that. Uh, you got to go into Tennessee and play aggressive. You know, it's a tough place to play, but, you know, Tennessee's been sitting around for two weeks, and Joe Milton's looked okay at times, but not, you know, the dominant Joe Milton everybody was expecting to see. So that's going to be a good one, and, and everybody's heading there. SEC Nation, Marty McGee, they'll all be out there, but it, it'd be a big feather in the cap for, for Tennessee, and it would be yet another big loss for, for A&M to take a third loss this quick on the season would not fit well in college stations.
5: So Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790 in the Locked On SEC podcast here on Out of Bounds. So Gordy, I, I know it's technically a future SEC game, but without a doubt the most exciting game, or at least one of them, was Oklahoma and Texas over the weekend down there in Dallas. Uh, just an epic game. Oklahoma gets the win, though. So is this more about Oklahoma being legitimate, or did you just feel like there was uh, some bad decisions or maybe some bad play there by Texas in this game? Yeah, I
4: think, I think it showed Oklahoma's legit. I, I was One of those people doubting them a week ago. I thought Texas was going to win, and part of me felt like Texas might win big. I I just felt like Oklahoma hadn't really been tested uh, all season. Texas had with the big win on the road in Tuscaloosa, but uh, you go down, you get that field goal late in the game. You got to win that game. Your defense let Dylan Gabriel gash you and and make big throws and go right down the field. So, yeah, it's not the end of, of Texas' season by any means. We could end up getting a rematch here, but. Uh, yeah, it's it, 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 thanks from a standpoint. Of Texas was really feeling like this was their year; they were going to go on, you know, maybe undefeated, get to the playoffs, and now they they have very little room for error the rest of the way. They they can be fine though. Stark can win the rest of their Big Twelve games and get back to the you know get to the Big Twelve title game, but uh, it's very disappointing on that front. All all your defense had to do was get one stop, and and you win that game.
1: Oklahoma was impressive on both sides of the ball as far as how physical they were in that probably led to what turned out to be the difference where uh with the texas receivers we know that that they're really good but every time they touch the ball you know they would have the ball get to their hands but oklahoma would hit them and maybe the ball pops up and now you're giving your defense a chance that was really impressive from the defensive side of the ball and then offensively they were able to run it so i think they they just out physical texas in this game which most people didn't expect going into it
4: yeah, and that's that was the difference in the game. I mean, the two early Quinn Ewers turnovers is what, uh, is what was the difference. And so again, you know, we may see a rematch, and maybe Texas takes care of the football next time, and uh, and maybe gets the victory. So uh, I'm not I'm not writing Texas off just yet.
5: Well, Gordy, as always, man. I know you got to run. You're a busy guy up there. We appreciate you hopping on with us. Enjoy the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs, man, and uh, good luck to your Stros. All right.
4: All right. Thanks, guys.
5: And I appreciate it again. That was Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790 joining us on the phone line, talking about football and also some Major League Baseball with him. And uh, that's going to be a cool experience, though, going to you – know, again, we're all football-driven uh, at this point in time of the year, but with Major League Baseball playoffs going on and some of the interesting matchups, uh, that's still a big deal, especially down there in the city of Houston, too. Absolutely. With all the crossover in sports, it's a great time. Yeah, I wanted to ask Chris, and uh, I know we'll we'll talk about it as part of Best and Worst of the Weekend, which we'll do – in the 3 o'clock hour. And also, Trey Shapp's going to join us later in this hour uh, to talk about the the great Stevens golf event that he's at. But, man, that, I think we had a caller, uh, I think it was Toby, maybe. That Miami Hurricane game ending against Georgia Tech might have been one of, the, uh, one of the weirdest and worst things I've ever seen. Like, you know, it's one of those deals to where if uh, Mario Cristobal kneels it, it and then they get out of there with a win, it's all great. Even if they run it, but then they don't fumble it, people are probably like, eh, "That was a little weird, but they're fine with it. But just literally could not have a worst case scenario happen at the end of that game where you just kneel it and you win. And then just seconds later, you end up giving up a bomb from Georgia tech and they end up winning. The yeah.
1: Game. Not, not only you, you know, you get in that situation to begin with, but then you give up the play when you know exactly at that time, what needs to be done from the opponent, Georgia tech in this situation, where they have to score a touchdown, they have a receiver running wide open down the field, gets behind the defense, and the quarterback is able to roll out and, and make a play on it. Now, it, it this is a preview of, of worse, for best and worse, but not only do you put yourself in that situation that the Hurricanes did, they shouldn't have run the ball to begin with, but then the play wasn't reviewed because it looked like, even you know from first glance, that the runner was down. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, anything that's close, you for college football, it's not that they review every play, you know, the turnover like they do in the NFL. Right. But when plays are close, somebody will call down and say, Hey, we need to take a look at this. Not only did it look like his knee may have been down, his elbow was definitely down and the ball pops out. So it's a worse for Miami even being there to begin with, but worse for them to not review it and make sure that this was a fumble and that Georgia Tech would get possession of it.
5: Yeah, it, it was just an all-bad deal, and when Georgia Tech ended up scoring a touchdown, not, not condoning it, but I would have been just like those Miami fans where they used to start seeing trash get thrown on the field. Like, they just start throwing bottles. Like, are you kidding me? Like, th- that type of thing, to lose that way. And, in fact, the call of it uh, is pretty incredible when it happens in real time, too.
0: And here's Cheney. Straight ahead, tackled, and the
2: ball popped out. you got to read the clock. I mean, read the card. I mean, to and me. Georgia Tech has it with 26 seconds left.
0: Kyle Kennard comes up with the fumble.
2: You should not be running the football. I mean, it, it is. It, you should be taking a knee. As long as you milk it all the way down, you don't need to be doing this, and you certainly don't need to be fighting for extra yards. Singleton, the fastest of the receivers to the top of the screen. Here's
0: King, from the pocket, flushed to his right with six, five, going to loop it
2: downfield. And ball is caught! Touchdown, Georgia Tech! With one second to go in the ball game, Christian Leary pulls it in.
5: With 10 seconds to go from the 44, snap back to King. Flush down to his right, looking. Five
0: seconds to go. He will toss it into the end zone at the five. Larry into the end zone. Touchdown,
3: Jackets. Touchdown, Jackets. One second left. Question, Larry.
5: Case you couldn't tell, that was the uh, Georgia Tech call there at the very end. But I mean, if you're Georgia Tech, you got to be going crazy. But yeah, if you're Miami and, and just the, the circumstances there at the end of the game, man, that I, if I was a Hurricane fan, knowing that I was undefeated, you know, you, you had a, not, a good win against Texas A&M earlier in the year, and you know that uh, the ACC they've got some some good teams, but uh, you got a Georgia Tech team that's not great, and you got at home. Like, that's that's the type of game where it's like, man, you should be expected to win. you should win and to lose like that. just where it, it's unexplainable, man. that's that's brutal for for Miami fans. It's brutal for Mario Cristobal, and that's just brutal for the hurricane season. Not saying it's over, but it's certainly a big blemish on it, which it shouldn't have been even from the start.
1: Another reason they should have been kneeling on the ball at the be at the end of the game is because they were behind in this game. They came back, took the lead. So it was hard fought and not even thinking about going into the game, what was expected, but you get into a hard-fought game, you're going to be happy to be kneeling at the end of that game because of the way they played. They got behind. They came back. They had the lead. So now you get into victory formation. You kneel on the ball because it's time to get off the field.
5: Yeah, and you kneel on it. You get off. And I know that with some coaches, everyone's got their different philosophies. I mean, I also look at it in basketball. It's always about oh do you foul when you're up 3 or or do you you know not foul or do you let it play out like everyone's got into game philosophies on how they handle things and I can respect it cuz there are sometimes where it works out and sometimes where it doesn't but this was just one of the ones where I'm like I don't know what the benefit was like I don't know what would be the harm in knowing that all you got to do is kneel down and the game's over you running the ball like this like, only bad things can happen, which is really what happened. Like, there's no positives. Only bad things could have ended up happening like it did. So, I just The, the announcer,
1: it. he mentioned also the running back is fighting to get e- extra yards. Like, why are you fighting to get extra yards? You're already winning the game. You run the ball trying to run the clock out. Just, like, as soon as you get hit, go down, and, and the play is over. Yeah, and, and it's but, o- over. But on top of that, they should have reviewed it because he was mm-hmm. down. He was down as they're pulling on the ball. But as a running back, you know that they're going to be pulling on the ball in the game situation where the team on the other side still has a chance. They're not behind by so much that they don't have a chance to win the game.
5: I don't know if ACC officiating is going to you know, make a statement or anything, but I would be curious to know if they ever do come out with a statement as to why they didn't you know, look at it further. Considering the importance of that play and the, and, and the impact that it had on the game itself, and know we review so many things in college football as it is. Why would it, was it reviewed? And if it was reviewed, why did it not get like sent down to say, all right, wait, let's take a closer look at this. Because it wasn't like you're running out of time either. Like you have a change of possession. Like there's already a timeout in place. So why would you not want to at least take a look at it in some capacity? I don't know. Maybe they'll make a statement on that, but it's definitely, we've seen a lot of other plays that
1: were less obvious than that one still get reviewed. Only and if Miami complains that. about it, and if Miami does complain about it, the ACC is going to have something to say to them as far as <laughs> you know, well, why were you in that situation to begin with? But And and Miami probably won't complain simply because they knew that they shouldn't have been doing that to begin with.
5: No, they shouldn't have, but hey, it's uh, college football is always a crazy thing, and that's why you play until the whistle blows. But uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have more Out of Bounds here on Reaction Monday presented by Fleet Management Services. Want to continue to hear from you? 501-661-1037. is that number to call or text in? We also got the Asher Record Live fan feedback after me on Twitter at Buzz John Neighbors. More out of bounds coming up next, so you better stay with us.
2: Tune in to hear what the Hedgehog has to say each Wednesday with the Sam Pittman Show, brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai of Conway, Arkansas's number one Hyundai
6: dealer.
0: Sports
3: Center. In the NFL yesterday, there were a few notable blowouts. We'll start with the Saints, who beat the Patriots 34-0. In the game, Alvin Kamara became New Orleans' all-time leader in touchdowns. The Patriots fell to 1-4 and, and also benched Mac Jones in the game, who was 12-22 for 22 with two interceptions. On Sunday night football, the Niners beat the Cowboys 42-10. to 10. San Francisco quarterback Brock Purdy threw four touchdowns in the game, while Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott threw three interceptions. The Niners are 5-0, oh, with the Browns, Vikings, and Bengals closing out the month of October. Tonight, the Packers and Raiders will face off on of Monday Night Football. Kickoff is set for 715. It'll be joined in progress on the Buzz at 8 o'clock. And in Major League Baseball tonight, game two of both NLDS will be in action. First up, the Phillies will take on the Braves with a 1-0 lead in the series at 5-07. Then the Diamondbacks who won Game 1 will take on the Dodgers at 807. Both games can be seen on TBS. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. At Stevens, our
6: philosophy is to invest every dollar as if it were our own, to seize opportunity, to anticipate rather than react, to deliver constant focus in an ever-changing world, and to pursue the objectives of our clients in order to help them reach their financial goals. A proven history of helping companies and individuals. Stevens, member NYSE SIPC.
5: Justin Anker reminding you that if you want the job done right, then don't stress. Just go with the best. Serta Pro Painters is your go-to painting company. You can get your free estimates scheduled at certapro.com That's Serta with a C. Each Serta Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated. People who are going to be responsible and people who are going to be accountable to you and your family to make sure your project gets done right. So if you've been thinking about sprucing up your home or business for the fall season that is almost upon us, you need to get Serta Pro on the case. Use the company that I've used many times over over the years. It is Serta Pro Painters. You'll be happy you did.
2: Have you gone all summer long and you've had pain in your knees, your back, your hips, maybe even your shoulder? Well, why don't you try to get rid of that pain? Hey everybody, it's RJ Hawk. I've been talking about QC Kinetics now for quite some time and I've got friends, family members across the country that are using QC Kinetics right now and it is changing their life and the best part, no drugs, no surgery, no downtime. Think about that for a minute and people are feeling like their self again with no pain. QC Kinetics doesn't just mask the pain. These treatments go to the very root of the problem, using concentrated healing properties in your own body to go directly to those joints and restore and repair those damaged tissues. Listen, life is about motion, and QC Kinetics is giving people their lives back with these all-natural treatments. Call QC Kinetics today for a free consultation. 501-222-8440. 501 222 That's 501-222-8440. Pickup truck,
3: sports car, motorcycle, minivan, townhouse, two-story, farmhouse, fixer-upper. What you drive and where you live is different for everyone, so it's important to have insurance that fits your needs and is just right for you. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that which is why our agents help you design a comprehensive auto, home, and life insurance plan. Insurance that fits just right.
6: See shelter agent Matt Steele in Bryant, Todd Matthews in Benton, or Justin Stewart in Malvern today.
0: David Dunn here with
6: Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. We're the area's largest and highest rated independent diesel repair facility for all makes and models. From transmissions and brakes to suspensions and engine repair. If you're tired of high dealership prices and long wait times, come see what family-owned and locally operated really means. Expert technicians and the latest computer diagnostics will get your equipment back on the road fast. Take the England exit on I-440 to Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. 568-2185. That's Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer
0: here from Monday Night Football on Westwood One. Kevin Harlan and Mike Golick will call the action when the Raiders host the Packers. Green Bay's looking to bounce back from last week's loss, while Vegas hopes the return of Jimmy Garoppolo under center will help them break a three-game losing streak. Join us on air and on the free live stream sponsored by AutoZone on Monday Night Football.
3: Right here on 1037, the buzz.
0: Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed, when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com win and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel.com
6: win. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be
0: president a state where lawful to wager. Must be 21 plus and president in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real Wager only ten dollars first deposit required. Bonus issued as non trouble Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler or visit fanduelcom RG In Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia, call one eight hundred Next Step or text Next Step to five three three four two. In Arizona, one eight 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 seven eight nine seventy seven seventy seven. Or visit ccpg.org/chat in Connecticut. eight hundred nine with it in Indiana. One eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred. Or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. One eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred Gambler.net in West Virginia. Or call one eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelpma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty for twenty four seven support in Massachusetts. Or call eight seven seven eight open wire text New York. Unlike other shows, we don't talk over each other with old hee-haw jokes. It's bull crap. Well, lady, I ain't standing for this. Well, lady, yeah, they're down. The down. Man, they so call or text to actually be heard on Out of Bounds at 501-661-1037. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Hey, 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 hey! Turn that down, yeah. on 1037 the Buzz.
1: Get to Twin Peaks for happy hour, 2 to 7. Later, happy hour, 10 to close. Enjoy all the food and drink specials that go along with it. Get a lunch combo starting as low as $7.99. If you want to take some food to go, you can order online, curbside, or to go. Courtesy of Postmates, DoorDash, and Uber Eats. Twin Peaks has great drink specials during happy hour. Apps for $2, 4 and $6. If you want to get by Twin Peaks to check out some Monday night football action tonight. Major League Baseball playoffs going on. There's a lot going on at Twin Peaks, sports-wise, and they're able to uh, com- accommodate you by coming in, watching the wall-to-wall TVs. They have all the sports going on, and then you can get something great to eat and drink there at Twin Peaks. NHL season opens tomorrow, October 10th, and there's going to be a triple header at Twin Peaks. And during the month of October, you can check in at Twin Peaks. They have NHL hockey nights and giveaway prizes and do some drink specials during NHL hockey nights. So it's Twin Peaks where they have a lot of great specials going on daily and weekly. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views.
5: It is a reaction Monday presented by Fleet Management Services, and uh, we have a bunch of people that's been coming in on our Asher Record Life fan feedback, as well as our Southern Structural Solutions text line. So uh, I want to get to some of those responses. Uh, this comes from Ham on Asher Record. He says the BYU loss derailed the entire season. Firmly believe that if we get that win, we beat LSU and no worse than four and one going in against Miss Ole Miss, and possibly five and one going to Tuscaloosa. What could have been?
1: Nah. Oh, yeah. That. The nah. BYU result. Wouldn't have necessarily changed the next couple of games, but it did change the outlook on the season because you're talking about an additional loss that most were counting on to come through when you're talking about the non-conference games. It was expected that Arkansas would win all of those, so that was definitely a season-changing game.
5: Yeah, it's just, I think it's a combination of everything that could go bad for Arkansas where not only or you have an, an offensive line problem, you're having a change of the offensive philosophy, which obviously doesn't seem like it's working out for the offense in general. But on top of all that, you also have the toughest stretch of your schedule in the early part of the year to try to maybe build some confidence in that offense, but you can't because you're playing some of the best teams that you're going to be facing against. None of them are at home, mind you, and that loss against BYU is just uh, going to be lingering to where, again, I think if you're 3-3 three and three right now, I don't anyone's happy. But they're certainly saying, all right, well, you know, you've got some, these really good teams on the road. It was tough. But now it's the case of, like, ah, it doesn't matter. You're 2-4. and four. It doesn't matter what happened in that BYU game or not. But you're just not looking good, and there's no reason to point to anything and say, oh, yeah, this is why it's going to be okay. There's just none of that right now. But for sure, if the if you win that BYU game, it makes it at least look a little bit different, but still... I don't know. I just don't feel like if they beat BYU, then their offensive line is going to start blocking better and uh, against A and M or anything like that. It just does wouldn't happen. Um, also, I looked up the stats too, Joe. We talked about quarterback sacks for KJ. I was looking at just last year's. You know, KJ's
1: been sacked 31 times so far this year. 31 times. And, and some of that could be on the offensive line, and some you know another mm-hmm. part of that could be on him if he's holding on to the ball too long. It's always a combination when you're talking about sacks with the quarterback and the offensive line, but it does start with them up front, and if they're not able to protect them, then the quarterback is is looking to move around maybe a little more than they usually would mm-hmm. or or waiting on some things to try to develop downfield. Now, the receivers and the play calling, as we were talking about earlier, could help out because of the offensive line struggling, and, and it's just not happening with any kind of combination there.
5: Also, uh, sorry, just real, real quick, I'm, I got it mixed up. It's actually been twenty-three times this year so far. But I was making the comparison because it's been it was thirty-one times total last season. So you're talking about almost getting close to the total sack amount halfway through point of the season, where last year you only gave up thirty-one sacks. But it kind of just shows you how many times uh, the offense, for whatever reason, whether it's KJ holding on to the ball too long or uh, you know offensive line not blocking, just the difference that. It's made in having the pressure put on KJ and trying to make some plays there, too. And then also in the Southern Structural Solutions text line, uh, Savage says, if we had Bryles, we would be winning more games. Whoa. Man. But, yeah, problem is he was ready to move on. He was. He was. And I'm not saying that, you know, if if Bryles was the offensive coordinator right now, then it would just be night and day and everything would be perfect. But... Say what you want about Bryles. The guy, the, the numbers at least, every time he was at Arkansas, they put up points and they put up yardage. They had production. And right now they're not putting up points, putting up production, putting up anything. I never would have dreamed a million years, Joe, that we'd be going into the Alabama game where Alabama's 12th in total offense in the SEC. 12th. And I'd be like, if I heard that, I was like, oh man, this is gonna be great. Well, Arkansas is 14th, dead last. <laughs> so it's like you can't even get that over them. It's like they, even in their time of their offense is struggling, you still have a worse offense than what they have.
1: But well, it's key where the defensive ranks are, yeah. And we know that Bama is, should
5: be closer to the top. Yeah, total defense for Alabama they're at fourth in the SEC, 19th overall. Arkansas in total defense is seventh, right there in the in the middle. So. Uh, again, uh, pretty good production from uh, what it was just a year ago. And also, I got this from J.K. in Fairfield Bay. He says, I feel for KJ and Rocket with preseason hopes, but the season is not over yet. So, okay, there you go. Got some a uh, little bit of optimism there and hoping that the season goes goes at least better uh, the rest of the way. I just don't know where it's going to come from. I just don't know where the wins are going to happen. And who knows, Joe, maybe they pulled the unthinkable and beat Alabama, but probably not. I'm not going to pick them to do that. There's no way Nick Saban's going to allow that to happen. And uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe the 11 a.m. game angle,
1: you know, right? Home
5: yeah, home they play good
1: games at 11 a.m. now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's stuck in people's heads that 11 a.m. is not a good time slot or it's some kind of strike against you to play at 11 a.m. Well, the networks, they want to be able to broadcast games all day long, and that starts with 11 a.m. They want to put some good products on TV at, at 11 a.m. So that's not to say that this is or isn't. But if you look at some of the other games, Texas OU is always an early game every mm-hmm. year. Michigan, Ohio State, these are some of the better rivalries in college football. They're always in that early slot. So it's not a slight against them. So why is it a slight against anybody else, especially with the TV deals now that are in place and them wanting to put a good game on to begin the day with? It's not a slight anymore to play at 11 a.m. Well, I think it was even
5: two years ago where... Yeah, it was two years ago in 2021 when Arkansas played Georgia on the road. Georgia was, like, number one and Arkansas was number eight at the time. And they had game day there. That game was at 11 a.m. Central time, but noon on Eastern time. Like, do you think that they were having a slide against a top ten matchup at the time where they had game day? No. There's value in it. It's just more of the home fans aren't always going to be a fan of it. But the ratings, the television, the the slot itself, like – Everyone's going to be watching an 11 a.m. slot game if it's a quality opponent. Like that, that, those days of, like, ah, save those for the trash teams. <laughs> like sometimes it's that way, but other times too, as you mentioned with the big noon kickoff or whatever with Fox and ESPN, like they're starting to showcase some of those good games. What was it? LSU, Missouri this past weekend was 11 a.m., right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's gotten a lot better. Which,
1: Colorado, USC, which yeah. turned out to be a good game. We know about the hype going into it. USC wins by touchdown, which they've been playing a lot of close games, but 10 a.m. locally in Colorado on Mountain Time.
5: Yeah, because here's the thing, too. If you were there or if, say, they're not going to do it, but say if they had a 10 a.m. game here in Arkansas and you were a top-10 team and you are going up against another top-10 team or whatever, guess what? Uh, You're still going to show up to the game. You're still going to have 78,000 people there. So if you want to go, you're going to go no matter what the time is, Uh, as far as the time of day goes. Speaking of USC, man, what was it, triple overtime? Against Arizona.
1: Whew. i mean they got it done they, they ended up winning but playing goodness. some of these close games too at home but that shows that their defense they're so heavily dependent upon the offense and their defense doesn't show up and they haven't been showing up over the past couple of seasons
5: yeah i mean it's, it, you got all the offense in the world and uh, the pac-12 is a really good conference this year you know in its final existence or at least as as we know it but yeah i've it's kind of thinking the USC, maybe if the defense did improve, it'd be to the point to where it's at. But, man, yeah, one of these days it's going to bite them. One of these days it's going to end up costing them because of having the the poor defense there. It did a couple of times last year against Utah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, again, the Pac-12 in general has just got a lot of good teams in there. Uh, also, real quick before we take a break, because uh, I know we'll get to Trey Shaft on the other side. Uh, this comes from Dakota on our Southern Structural Solutions Tech line. It says, guys, what do you think about the Dodgers, Braves, and Packers on a three-leg parlay? parlay about four and a half to one on bet saracen is it worth
1: a little sprinkle
3: hmm yeah yeah
1: Yeah,
5: it is i like the
1: packers tonight Yeah. yeah uh those are teams that need to bounce back too man dodgers got smoked
5: in kershaw's opening whoa they got just destroyed so but those type of games you know maybe they bounce back afterwards And, you know, the Braves are good. So, yeah, Dakota, I'd I'd take a little sprinkle on that, as you put it, on Bet Saracen. I'd take a little sprinkle on that for you. Uh, But uh, we're going to take a break, though. When we come back, uh, Trey Schapp's going to be joining us as he'll tell us about the great event uh, going on with the the golf tournament down there in Dallas that he's been covering. And uh, we'll get to some thoughts on that. We'll have your Razor Hog update. We'll keep it moving here on Out of Bounds on the Reaction Monday, presented by Fleet Management Services. So stay with us.
3: River Valley Tractor, your leading Kubota dealer of Central Arkansas. River Valley Tractor is closer
6: than you think. A company that cares for you is right around the corner. RiverValleyTractor.com. With five great locations to better serve you, visit River Valley Tractor in Bryant, Sherwood, Conway, Russellville, or Pine Bluff today or find them at RiverValleyTractor.com. Work smarter, not harder, with River Valley Tractor. River Valley
2: Tractor, closer than you think.
3: The pandemic is over, but COVID-19 is here to stay.
1: In fact, it's still among the top five leading causes of death in the U.S., just
3: after heart disease and cancer. So this fall, stay up to date with the latest COVID-19 vaccines, just like you do with the flu, because you've got no time for 19. The vaccine may not be for everyone. Please consult with your doctor, brought to you by Moderna.
0: Fellas, Clint Sterner here. Let me get your attention real quick, man. If you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be low-T. What's that mean? If you want to get back to feeling your best, you need to schedule your health assessment at Low-T Center ASAP. It's quick, it's easy, and now it's convenient. Low-T Center offers monitored, self inject at-home testosterone treatments for $155 a month, cash pay, or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low-T Center or you just need the convenience of at-home treatment, Low-T Center got you. They'll ship your treatments directly to your home. Go to LowTCenter.com now. to book online Low T Center Reinventing Men's Health Care Serious injuries happen every day If it
3: happens to you Don't wait Dial 8 Dial 8 for Rainwater Holton Sexton 888-8888 We can meet you online at your house or wherever is easiest for you Dial 8 888-8888 Rainwater Holton Sexton. Anywhere in the state, dial 8. We've got you covered, Arkansas. Anywhere in the state, dial 8. Rainwater Holton Sexton. 888 8888. Eight, eight, eight.
5: Responsible attorneys Michael Rainwater and Bob Sexton.
0: It's not just about the size of the meat, it's about where you get it from. So get it from Hogs Meat Market in North Little Rock. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Third down, goal to go, just outside the five. In the gun, K.J., bad snap, balls on the ground. Jefferson picks it up, rolling right, got a man, touchdown Arkansas! Armstrong in the back of the end zone. The snap hit the turf. K.J. never panicked, picked it up, rolled right, and the throw was right on the money. On 103.7 The Buzz. <laughs>
5: Out of bounds, folks, and we know that with this weather being outside, it is gorgeous. It is perfect. It's been chilly when you wake up in the morning, and we know that it's just going to get a little bit chillier throughout the rest of the month of October, which means, for all you hunters out there, duck season. That's right, duck season just around the corner. And as always, Max Prairie Wings has got you covered because right now you can receive a $2,000 Max gift card for the purchase of a Thor boat, motor, and trailer package or maybe you need a new gun. How about the Beretta A three hundred twelve gauges just being seven ninety nine, or the Weatherby eighteen I three and a half inch twelve gauge super mags included, starting at seven forty nine. 99. Or maybe you're looking for that ultimate vantage point. We know that if you're going to be up there, you might as well have the uh, Mighty Sky, Skybox 20-foot double rail ladder stand to be able to get you that great vantage point. That's sturdy, it's spacious, and right now it's on sale for only $189.99. That's just one of the many deals that they have going on with Max Prairie Wings there in Stuttgart. So be sure to check them out. We know all sorts of hunting season is going to be going on. When that weather starts to change, you know you want to get the best deals. You want to get your stuff taken care of. And you want to make sure you do it with the best in the business. It's Max Prairie Wings. You can shop them online at maxpw.com. It's Max Prairie Wings. The hunt begins here
0: coverage of the third annual jackson t stevens cup from trinity forest golf club in dallas texas is presented by stevens stevens focusing on relationships over transactions
5: all right let's head on down to dallas as we have trey Schapp, who's over there checking out the third annual jackson t stevens cup at trinity forest golf club there in dallas what's going on trey
6: what's up john joe how are you guys doing today
5: Doing good. We're doing great, man. You're doing great. And it sounds like you're in your element down there, man. And Dallas, being able to watch some golf, and especially see the Razorbacks down there too, both men's and women's. You're in paradise.
6: Yeah, it's a beautiful day here at Trinity Forest. Uh, a little bit windy, but uh, you expect that when you come to Texas, and especially on a course that is uh, wide open like Trinity Forest. It's more of a Lynx-style course than a tree-lined course for those of you that love to play the game of golf and understand what that means. The uh, number one ranked Arkansas women's team is playing, and right now they've got uh, some work to do, guys, as Wake Forest, Texas, and South Carolina are all three tied in the first spot at minus eight. Arkansas is minus one. They've completed their first 18 today, started their second 18. They are in sixth place. The top four advance to match play after tomorrow's uh, 54 holes when they're completed after tomorrow. On the men's side, Uh, You look at uh, LSU, and they're off to a strong start in this one, as they are 19 under par tied with Florida State. Florida State's actually two under on their second round. So LSU shoots 19 under on its first round, led by Connor Gault, who is a two-time Arkansas amateur champion from Cabot, Arkansas, played at Rolling Gills growing up. He shoots eight under par on his first 18 holes, had it to nine under, guys, with two eagles, no bogeys, with four holes to play, He told me he hit one bad tee shot. That cost him a bogey, but he shoots 64 on his opening uh, 18 holes, which is uh, eight under par. It's a par 72 course here. The course record, by the way, was 60. So he was not – at one time it looked like he might have been able to get to that, but unable to do that. But um, the Arkansas Razorback men right now are in fifth place. They have started their second round. They're two under on it. Both Thomas Curry and John Daly II birdied the uh, par 5 tenth, which was their first hole there at minus 11, and the leaders at minus 19. So the Razorbacks, they've got some ground to make up, but if they could put a good score together this afternoon, they might be able to jump up and then put another good one together tomorrow, make it into the match play on Wednesday.
1: How's the course compared to uh, this, the third annual Jackson T. Stevens Cup so uh, they've played at three different courses. Began at Elotion yep. at Seminole Golf Club last year, and now at Trinity Forest Golf Club. How does it? How do each of those courses compare?
6: Well, obviously the Elotion Club is hilly out in West uh, Pulaski County, and so that's one that Joe and and John wide open fairways out there. The greens are what kind of can hurt you at the Elotion Club with the undulations and where they can put hole locations. Uh, it's not an easy walk. Seminole last year, being on the coast of the Atlantic Ocean in Juno Beach, Florida, kind of wide open like this one is. It had a lot more water on it than this one does. Uh, the green complexes at Seminole were difficult, and Trinity Forest, it's it's wide open, open fairways, zoysia fairways, uh, the zoysia grass, which help, helps that golf ball sit up. But the green complexes here are what is very difficult with Trinity Forest. It hosted a PGA. Uh, The Byron Nelson for several years here did Trinity Force before it moved to Frisco. But uh, I would say all three of the courses, Joe, um, private courses uh, comes to mind. very exclusive and uh, difficult golf courses. But it's something that these college kids are are really getting a treat to uh, play on.
5: So I'm curious, Trey because I noticed that uh, North Carolina won the men's title, but they're not playing in this year's event. So, so how does it go as far as the selection or the invitation or how does it go with w- which teams are able to compete and which teams want to compete?
6: Sure. Well North Carolina is hosting their own event, I believe this weekend or, or they can only you can only play in so many tournaments each year. and um, the selection you're always going to have Arkansas playing in it because of the Stevens name and the relationship there. Uh, but most of the times they like to get the past champions, and then they like to get teams that are going to be towards the top of the rankings. The Arkansas men's team comes into this tournament ranked eighth in the country. I, the women was first. But you look at on the women's side of things, and almost every team that is here, in fact, every team that is here on the women's side is ranked in a poll. Um, the Arkansas Razorbacks ranked first, as I mentioned, and you look at uh, second place, Stanford, uh, number two in the country right now. Wake Forest is ranked third, A&M ranked fifth, South Carolina sixth. So you got one, two, three, five, and six here. And then Texas is 12th and Duke is 18th on the women's side. So they try to get the top teams each year into this event. And uh, Next year it's going to be played at Oklahoma City Country Club. And they've announced that it will be uh, outside of uh, Chicago, Illinois in 2025. So... They're getting good courses, and they're going to try and get the best collegiate teams as possible, which makes for good television because it's going to be on the Golf Channel this afternoon, uh, starting at uh, four o'clock.
1: Arkansas has both teams there, representing men's and women's. Uh, is Stanford the only other school that has both teams?
6: Yes, yes. Stanford's the only other school that has both teams here. Uh, you look on the on the uh, men's side, you've got Texas A and uh, Pardon me, you've got Florida State. San Diego State, Arizona and SMU. And this is SMU's home facility as well. And they've got a tremendous facility. It's 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 about 10 minutes outside of Dallas, kind of southeast of downtown Dallas. And so it's close to the SMU campus and they've got a phenomenal practice facility just across uh, the street and where the driving range is located from the uh, the course proper. And so they uh, they get to play out here all the time.
5: Well, Trey, man, we really appreciate you joining us. Enjoy your time down there in Dallas and uh, looking forward to catching up with you tomorrow. Since we're going to be at the Buzz uh, Golf Tournament, it's going to be a lot of golf tomorrow, so it's going to be great.
6: Yeah, there'll be a lot of golf talk tomorrow. Y'all have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
5: All right, appreciate it. Again, that was Trey Shab down there at the third annual Jackson T. Stevens Cup sponsored by Stevens Incorporated there in Dallas. We're going to take a top-of-the-hour update. When we come back, we'll get some more phone calls and messages. Brent, stay on the line. I know you probably have a few things to say. And uh, we'll have best and worst of the weekend. And we'll keep it moving on to Reaction Monday, presented by Fleet Management Services here on Out of Bounds. So stay with us.